OTB GAA Burns was on another planet this year boys like in the first half of the All-Ireland final this year Owen Murphy put a puck out down Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar like. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts The News Round on Off The Ball With Gillette in association with Movember Effortless Shave Magnificent Mo This is News Talk you're welcome along. Champions League evening ahead. Most teams know their fate at this stage. Spurs don't. They need a point in Marseille. Dan McDonnell will be along for the football show. A slight tangent slot will cast an eye on the stories of the week. And the build-up to Ireland, South Africa began with a vengeance today. We'll bring you what Johnny Sexton had to say. Plus, the Springboks have named their starting 15 for the game. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent here in the studio. 53106 is the text number. Michael McCarthy, hello to you. Good evening, Joe. And Richie McCormick on the line. Wait. What? 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 Uh, 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 Wowzers, Richie McCormick is in studio. Even poor Kenny outside. Oh. I was walking in the door and he was like, I was literally just dialing you to see if you were there. Wondering why he wasn't answering. Wondering why I wasn't answering the old Skype line or whatever it was. So yeah. You often Hello. don't answer until I don't. I don't. I can't be, I can't, it's, it's either I can't be bothered or the lads are just getting batted. So yeah. Welcome to studio. Thanks. It's very strange to be here. This is what we look like now. <laughs> I can see why I've stayed away for so long. Haggard. Yeah. Haggard. Older. <laughs> Rough. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, very nice to have you in. Thank yeah, you. you're presenting a show on Thursday. You were in talking to Kelly Harrington for that show on Thursday, reading the book and all that jazz. So uh, I feel like I've, I've read loads of books for the show over the last while. The last two books I've read have all been show related. Um, so, yeah, like, read her autobiography. It's like, it's rare that you read an autobiography, especially when it's ghost written and someone's voice comes through so clearly. Hmm. Like, it's literally like uh, Roddy Doyle sat down in front of her with a tape recorder and just said, talk, give us your life there. And it doesn't, like, it's very hard to, outside of picking up names of, like, quarterfinalists at European Championships, etc., or whatever, to, to point to where Roddy starts and Kelly ends mm-hmm. in the book. And that's, I think, uh, a good thing for its for its readability, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I am currently reading for the show. Go on. Two brothers. The Charlton uh, one, Jonathan Wilson's one. Bobby and Jack. Yeah. Charlton, Jonathan Wilson. Top, top. I have another I have another brother's book about Jackie and, and Bobby that came out a few years ago. All right. It's a Leo McKinstry, I think, wrote it. Couldn't there's tell been you. A f- I think there's been a few. A few. Oh, yeah. Very good. It was on my table for ages. Mm. It was Arthur outside. <laughs> when you're reading this book for me. Eventually John <laughs> Wilson's like, these lads don't like us. Yeah. They don't like me. Uh, and I was like, okay, I got, I've got to start this. And it was a real, this is purely for work kind of a start. And five pages in, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. It's going to be really good. And it is. It's Did great. you ever watch the um, Kenny Live interview with Jack and his mom? Sissy. Side by side. Yeah. Sissy. Yeah. It's yeah. a remarkable bit of telly that. Yeah. It really is. And she's, she was a brilliant little footballer in yeah. her own right too. Yeah, a few people say she was really, you know, she would love to have been uh, uh, generation. almost of a generation or like, oh, I wish I was born a man so I could have played football professionally, you know. Jackie Milburn's niece or yeah. sister? Yeah. Was it niece? Yeah. Royalty, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Kind of unbelievable. Uh, did you see the statue of Jack put up in Ashington this week? No. Oh, it's brilliant. It's the first one of those statues that I feel that I've seen in a long, long time that I feel really does justice to the person. Right. He's standing there on a football, like with a football under his arm, like he's on the sideline. Yeah. But it's manager Jack, you know, he's got the coat and the hat, but looks very like him, isn't like all the rest of you are kind of thinking, yeah, it's a nice tribute, but there's something insulting about it, as we've kind of seen so many times. And it's just brilliant. And it's in a park in Ashington uh, where he's from. And it's, yeah, I thought it was class. Mm. 
Well, if you're in any way interested in this pair or in fact any of the people of that era, then this book's for you. Like there's about 10 pages on George Best, which are arguably better than a biography on George Best in certain instances, you know, and uh, he gets to the heart of the two men. And even it is amazing the extent to which Matt Busby and Bobby were really of the uh, just go out and play tactics. Tactics, spare me tactics. Don't need tactics. You don't need is tactics. Is he a good player? Yes. Can he play football? Precisely. Yes. Stake him out there. Go out and play. Whereas Don Revy, even though it's funny, you know, John Giles would kind of say tactics are maybe over, um, over, over espoused yeah. and, and talked about. But Don Revy, very tactical, a real thinker in the game, mm. as was Jack, to the point that Jack was going to Lillishall to get his badges early on. Loved sitting around talking about football, the best way to play football, to organise a team. Whereas Bobby Charlton, if he had just walked over and you two were talking about football, he'd say, lads, if you're going to keep talking about football, I'm out of here. No interest. Let's not talk about football. There's nothing to talk about. You just go out and do it. So it was amazing. You know, you can see why their careers yeah. and management went off in very different directions. It's very easy to say, just go out and play when you happen to be one of the best players. In <laughs> yeah, the that's world. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're saying as a manager, Bobby would fit more into the Stephen Gerrard sort of uh, racket and Jack, the Pep Guardiola, maybe. Yes. So, Slightly different uh, style of football. Oh, sorry, that is a slight tangent. So we would talk to Jonathan <laughs> Wilson, due course. More on that later, yeah, perhaps. We'll hear from Kelly Harrington on Thursday's show. Sure. Richie talking to her. We should uh, start the news round. It is, as ever, brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. Richie, where are we starting? Uh, we start with the Springboks. They've shown their hand for Saturday's test with Ireland at the Aviva. It shows three changes to starting 15 from their last rugby championship outing, which was a 17-point win over Argentina in September. Cheslin Colby, uh, surprisingly to some, starts a fullback for the first time in his international career. He starts in place of Willie LaRue, who drops to the bench. Vodacom Bulls winger Kurt Lee Arenza starts in the right wing in place of Canon Moody. And Damien Willemse of the DHL Stormers comes in for Francois Stein at out half. On the bench, head coach Jack Neighbor has deployed the bomb squad with a 6-2 split and Neighbour was asked today about Colby's selection at out half at fullback pardon me I should say and his reasoning for that 6-2 split The reason for the 6-2 split obviously um, we had a good look at uh, at the strengths uh, of Ireland and we feel the combination of the 6-2 split and also the combination that we selected at the back uh, field uh, or the back three uh, is um, probably going to give us the best possible uh, advantage against uh, Ireland so uh, um, yeah, that's that's the reason uh, for the 6-2 split. Uh, we all know um, the Ireland probably one of their strengths is their the multi-phase attack, their uh, fitness, uh, the speed of their breakdown. So obviously, uh, we think that selecting <coughs> selecting <coughs> that combinations, excuse me, uh, will will serve us the best. And then your question regarding Cheslin, um, yeah, Cheslin at fullback, he was actually. I would probably say after about three or four games since he started with us in 2018, uh, Cheslin was always a realistic option for us at 15 and, and trained at 15 often for us. Uh, we were just never um, a, a forced or uh, yeah forced to 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 play him there, you know. So uh, not forced, but I mean we it was never um, the opportunity for us to play him there. So but uh, like I said, I, uh, we feel that. Um, uh, this specific game um, having Cheslin at fullback will will serve us the best They're uh, back three a pretty scary prospect Colby for obvious reasons Kurtley Arenza if you've seen his speed of late then you'll know what a threat he is he is a big threat and then Mapimpi on the other wing so that's serious and then the 6-2 split was expected obviously 
I would think they're looking at Ireland's front row and in particular the replacements and saying, yeah, we fancy this. Because yeah. you think a, a feature of the Six Nations, even in Paris, was, well, how many minutes can we force Tig Furlong to stay out there for? Yeah. 71, 72, 73, just give us a few more minutes, Tig. So he's not coming in, having played a lot thus far this season, so he won't be able to do that. And I would think the bomb squad, when they jog on after 55, <laughs> 60 minutes, will really fancy their chances if the game is anyway in the balance. And even on the other side of the scrum, I mean, we're kind of heading towards that now. You saw the difference that Andrew Porter made when he came on for Keane Healy against yeah. Munster a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And you just see that, wow, this guy's on a different plane of existence at the moment. You know, and it's no offence to Healy, who's obviously kind of like at the end of his career. Yeah. But Porter's a different beast. And it's like, he's going to have to go, same thing, 55, 60 minutes. 70. And he's going to go 70. Yeah, 75. but even that, like, I mean, are you even the same player for that 10 minutes? I don't know. No. But, you know, like that's against a fresh prop who's ready to go at you. That, that's definitely a concern. I also do think that, that as, as frightening as that back three is, I think Ireland will see an opportunity in Colby being at 15. It might not work out, but I think that that's something I would say if you're Sexton, you're probably saying, right, well, do you know what? This is something untried, untrusted. Yeah. We will look to at least try to exploit that. Yes, know? yeah, no, for sure. Porter, Furlong and Sexton, it really is the holy trinity of injury catastrophes. <laughs> difference between world number one team and gunning for a World Cup. It's always been that way. Like ooh, you, disaster. You think about like the Sexton, uh, O'Connell, you know, and there'd be somebody else in the front row who could possibly pick up an injury and suddenly he goes from, do you know what, we've got a chance here to, yeah. Christ, it's another quarterfinal, isn't it? i tell you what's exercising some minds, Richie. Go on. Mick McCarthy, very much included. Ireland and South Africa will effectively be wearing the same colour jersey on their oh. Saturday. <laughs> and not for the first time. I don't like it. And not for the first time well, either. The same in 17 when they played. Yeah. If, if you look up 2017, considering South Africa and Australia are the only two teams we need to think about when we're thinking of an away jersey, we really have nailed this idea of going for another shade of green to blue. Yeah. Even Australia, I don't ever remember us having to change against them. Maybe if they have a lot of green in their jersey or something. More so South Africa. But South Africa is the only thing we need to do. And yet we've decided to go for these kind of cool jerseys that we'll sell. But the only time we use them, they're completely counterproductive. We would be better off wearing our, our home jersey. Would we? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. the shade would be brighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think of it, what are you seeing on TV? You're seeing shade more than colour. These are two dark jerseys mm. you know what I mean you got it's like navy with lights. green on it and under floodlights exactly uh, with bit of fog maybe oh my god like it's it's un, I don't know it's, it's such a, we'll talk about it later but it's such a disregard <laughs> for the fans um, watching the game yeah and, um, the, the thing and is, I think the players as well but I, I, and referees <laughs> the thing is the white jersey looks really well too I was I was, was a nice. white jersey do people buy white jerseys you don't see people people don't wear white Come here, I've just thought of something totally different. <laughs> you might as well have just gone. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, no, sorry. It's Shut up. On, on, so talking about two brothers. Uh, <laughs> tell me, did you know this? This is why this book is great, because it's full of these moments where you're the like... The book. The book you were randomly yes. started talking about. Bobby and Jack Charlton, two brothers, John and Wilson. It's full of these moments where you're like, is that why this is bloody? Yeah. So... Leeds played in blue and yellow until Don Revy yeah. came along and mm, said, yeah. oh, white's better peripheral. Yeah. And then when Jack went to Middlesbrough, Jack said, Don had that white number, it really worked at Leeds. Let's put a white circle around the middle of the Middlesbrough jersey. And that's yeah. why Middlesbrough have the white stripe white now. Band, yeah. There you go. As you were, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 like, Desi, you've taken the, the wind out of my sails there, Joe. I was just ranting and raving about... Uh, I don't think colors. people wear white as such. I don't think if you were selling jerseys... Yeah. 
I don't think I've like I mean I've you bought a few Ireland jerseys over the years, but yeah, maybe. Anyway, but some you? people will buy two. Have you seen anyone wear the navy one? Is By the way, that navy better? jersey isn't bad. It's a nice jersey. Yeah, it's, it's just, just pointless. It's pointless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Wear it against Fiji or something. You know, if the if you need to get the the wares out of it, but yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. When do Ireland name their team, by the way? Uh, they do it on Thursday. However, Ian Henderson has manoeuvred himself into contention, having not played yet this season. The Ulster forward did train today with little evidence that his knee injury was still a factor. Johnson Sexton was in front of the media today and he said the uh, pick of Willemsa at out half for the box will be a danger. Unbelievable. He's got fantastic footwork. Um, he's a good kicking game. Strong, so fast, obviously. Um, so... Some traits that you wouldn't normally associate with a ten, um, but he's he's a he's an excellent player. So, I personally, we're going to have to be ready to play, but we ex- we expected him to be named a ten. So we'll we've done a little bit of analysis on him, and we need to do a little bit more again. Rory O'Connor is going to join us this hour just to run through the South African team and general thoughts ahead of Saturday. So, Champions League evening. Yeah, and Tottenham need a point from tonight's Group D game away to Marseille. Group D really where it's all at tonight, I guess. Uh, to advance to the last 16 of the Champions League, Spurs without manager Antonio Conte, who's serving a touchline ban following his sending off last week against Sporting. Four changes for Spurs tonight. They line out with Hugo Lloris in goal. A back three of Clement Longley, the returning Eric Dyer and Ben Davies. Ryan Sessegnon, Rodrigo Bentancur, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg and Ivan Perisic are across the midfield and Hyungmin Son and Lucas Moura support Harry Kane up top. Sporting and Eintracht Frankfurt meet in Lisbon in a straight shootout for a knockout place. Uh, Liverpool are already assured of their last 16 spot but they might need to win by four goals at home to Napoli if they're to top Group A. For them, another four changes too. Alisson starts in goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ibrahima Kanate, Virgil van Dijk and Kostas Tsimikas are their back four. In midfield, a triangle it would seem of Fabinho at the base, Thiago Alcantara and James Milner either side of him and Curtis Jones fronting it. Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino appear to be the front two. Elsewhere in that group, Rangers host Ajax uh, there were 5.45 starts in Group B across the board tonight. As things stand, Porto are going through as group winners with 17 minutes to go. They lead Atletico Madrid by two goals to nil. In the group's other game, it's Bayer Leverkusen nil, Club Brugge nil, and everything's already settled in Group C. Group winners Bayern Munich host second-placed Inter tonight. Europa League Ben Barcelona are away to Victoria Plisson. It is a touch of a dud, the Champions League group stages finale. Certainly tonight. Tomorrow there are a few more questions to be answered, but Group A, Napoli, Liverpool, both through... Like Rangers, bottom of that, they're on minus 18 goals, goal difference. I think 19 is the record, so that's what they're playing for this evening. Group B, Porto and Club Bruges through. Group C, Bayern through, Inter through, nothing to be settled there. It is really just Spurs, can they get a point? So I don't know why that is, I guess, just one of those years. Yeah, well that that Spurs group though is very open. So like it makes up yeah. for it in that bottom can finish top um, if things go their way. But yeah, other than that, I mean... Really, nothing to play yeah. for. First and second in one of the groups, and nothing in two of them. Pity. Yeah, it is a pity. Yeah, tomorrow, like I said, a bit better. A few of the second places to be. Twice for two years time, we've got the Swiss model coming our way. It's going to make things so much better. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, so Irish Open. We yeah. have a new date. Yeah, it's on the move. Irish Open organisers hope its new date will attract stronger fields. Next year's tournament will take place at the K-Club from September 7th to the 10th. It's moving from its traditional date in July, having been won at Mount Juliet this year by Adrian Moronk. The Irish Open comes the week after the Ryder Cup rankings are sorted and three weeks before the start of the Ryder Cup itself in Rome. Yeah, it's hard to know what difference this will make, to be honest. Shane Larry uh, seemed to be all for it, seemed, saying it would bring a strong field, but I'm okay. looking at the the timing of it yeah, 
and it's like it's after I know like Mount Juliet and, and, and Kate were burnt you know links courses or whatever yeah but it had a nice little groove going on there in and around the Scottish Open Open Championship being spoken of in and around that time of year um, this is literally after the Ryder Cup rankings are, are done and dusted yeah and before the Ryder Cup itself so it's almost being used as a tune up one of the ar- yeah one of the arguments against the being next to Scottish Open was that the marquee players would play the Scottish Open and the Open but they weren't going to do three weeks in their own Europe mm. so maybe you can tempt them over for one uh, the K Club obviously has the appeal of being near Dublin I know we would all quite like I think links but there is something to be said by the way for repeat venues like when you tune into Wentworth every year or uh, Valderrama every year or that Cran Saint Sierre in the mountains in Switzerland and you get to know a course that kind of has has something for it as well Um, so we'll see there was for the briefest couple of years there it felt like the Irish Open was really flying and now it's gone falling back again there's no Covid was bad for it for sure Do players not want to play? I know there's other commercial reasons in terms of like playing on Parkland, but seeing as we're world famous for links, you yeah. feel like that could be an identity that we could, um, you know, in terms of making the tournament bigger. But is it is players not want to play more links golf than they have to by just playing the Open? Um, I, I, it really varies. Yeah, it's a, you, but, you'll need to I ask. Suppose each. in terms of getting the biggest, best fields possible. Yeah. People will balk at it a little bit. Some, some, some don't like it for sure. I mean, I think if we're moving to September now, the um, links becomes almost impossible. Then the kind of incentive come and sharpen up your links game before the Open is obviously gone. Yeah. So it's more just visually and just the shots you show around the world, the hinge and the sunshine. Yeah, that kind of thing. Although September is probably more likely to be the sunshine yeah. month for playing it here. Do you know, September is my favourite month of the year for golf. Beautiful. September is always a great month. Think of that back to school weather. It's lovely in Ireland. Exam weather back to I wouldn't school. say you played much golf in the last couple of weeks in October anyway. God. <laughs> Filthy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Filthy. Yeah. Uh, played on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure the navy jersey is as bad as the purple or the grey numbers we wore against South Africa over the years. Crazy stuff either way. Any thoughts on the idea that bringing on props who don't need to be fit enough to play for 80 minutes is detrimental to rugby in general, says Paul. Yeah, I think Keith Wood, amongst many others, has been He's raised that point a couple of times. Banging that drum. And yeah. for safety reasons as well. That if you had to be fit enough to play the 80 minutes, you'd have to be smaller by definition. So that's been a big talking point. But I mean, what's the alternative? You have to have substitutes. Well, it, it just, I suppose it feels like something went down the road of tactical substitutes in rugby and it was hard to put the, the toothpaste back in the tube, really. But it does feel like something that's almost accelerating in terms of its, like as a tactic yeah. at a time when making the game safer has become a bigger priority and it's like as if they're on two opposite paths but it's almost being ignored mm. you know that, the, that both of those priorities I don't know it, it's a funny one but I certainly t- see South Africa's 6-2 and you're thinking right we know exactly what they're going to do this is not I don't think I think that's a very straightforward point from the texter that it's not good for the game so yeah. are they going to do something about it? No I don't think so is the, is the short shout out to Seamus Power as well multiple winner on the PGA Tour now yeah. after the win in Bermuda which is amazing really is amazing From he was 460 something in the world 18 months ago so absolutely incredible I know we've reached out to him we'll try and talk to Seamus Power in the proper next couple four of days. day kind of performance as well yeah. he was tracking it across the, the two days he was working on the weekend and then um, Sunday as well and it wasn't as if he kind of came from nowhere and broke from the pack he was I think two off three off maybe after the first day yeah. and it was unlucky I think not to have been the outright leader after day one. It's very commanding. And he went in as the top ranked player in the field. So he almost dealt with the pressure from shot one and mm. saw it through. So it's amazing. 
Uh, we will talk about that in Golf Weekly, I'm sure, later on in the week. In the meantime, we are going to have a, a race for the GA presidency. There's, there's more than one candidate. Looks at yeah. Leinster Council Chair Pat Tien has joined the race to be named the next president of the GAA. The Offaly GAA Management Committee have put forward the Cool Dairy native's name to succeed Larry McCarthy. Armagh are set to nominate Jarlath Burns tonight. McCarthy will serve his final year as president in 2023 before the election of a new president. Uh, Reese McLennigan. Yeah, fingers crossed it's going well for him so far. Says he's feeling confident having qualified for the men's pommel horse final at the World Gymnastics Championships. He placed first in this morning's qualifier in Liverpool. McLennan's pommel horse final will take place on Saturday afternoon. Uh, there is obviously um, full schedule across the November so the All Blacks are in action they've had a big loss Yeah Brody Retallick will miss his country's Autumn Internationals against both Wales and Scotland this month he received a red card during their match against Japan at the weekend the two game suspension means Retallick should be available to face England at Twickenham on November 19th and Scotland lock Sam Skinner has been forced to withdraw from their squad through injury he was substituted during the first half of their one point defeat to Australia on Saturday he left Murrayfield with his foot in a brace Edinburgh's Jamie Hodgson already has six caps to his name has been called up as a replacement ahead of their autumn international against Fiji uh, Texting lads what about Ronaldo blanking Nev not since Millhouse have I seen a heartbreak That was Ralph Surely Ralph Wiggum I don't know I'm just reading out the thing Don't get yeah, Ralph Wiggum Ralph Wiggum I, I saw a pretty uh, Mil- did, she, did Lisa not break Millhouse's heart as well uh, she's, she's <laughs> gone around breaking hearts all over the place for an eight year old there, there is the famous heartbreaking that you can see the moment his heart breaks oh, and slow motion is Ralph. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. rough. We uh, get the point. I didn't think Neville was that perturbed, actually. You don't think so? Not especially. I think I, you could kind of see at the, in the moments that he was like, all right, that's yeah. how this is, is it? Did you notice, though, he, he knew it was coming, I think, because he made no effort. The way Redknapp was realising, well, I'm next in line after Saha and was moving to the, be in position to high five, Neville was staring straight to his own left. He was making no move. It was like he knew he's going to blank me. I was so. I was more troubled by the fact that Louis Saha started off that punditry gig looking like he was in witness protection. The sunglasses. Yeah. It's dark, Louis. Like, I know, you know. So he's either trying to hide from Louis, the clocks went back. There. It's dark. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You don't need the sunnies there. Yeah. It's grand. I appreciate the look and all that. Well, I got the impression I'd say Neville had heard through the grapevine that Ronaldo wasn't happy with him and therefore was anticipating the snub but I'm more interested in Ronaldo's like you know not even making it obvious not even trying to hide that he's reading and listening to everything about him and taking everything so personally it's such a strange phenomenon for such a for a guy who's on such a level yeah for him to be so blatant about how much he's worried about what every person is saying about him and writing about him and like remember that thing where in, in one in interview with him where he thought about having the notebook of all the times he'd been slighted mm. Such a weird I like the idea of, of, of him kind of taking in his clips on, on Twitter or whatever and maybe doing his morning workout listening to Jim White on Talk Sports and hearing what Gabby Agbonlahor has to say about him and getting really annoyed by it. Yeah. I, like, I th- he's one of in these fairness, players. If you were Cristiano Ronaldo and, <laughs> and Gabby Agbonlahor was giving out about you, you probably would be annoyed. He's never on with Jim White though. He's on the Isn't line. Oh, right, fair enough. Shows my ignorance to talk about But like, but, no, it, like, I think he's one of these players that does enjoy having a bit of grist to the mill and improving people Maybe. quote unquote wrong so if he does have somebody who's you know slighted him I think he's probably he probably feels the better for it and can kind of feed off it in the right way I don't know if you saw it then I think it was on Michael Richards social media somewhere where he was getting into an elevator with Gary Neville and Roy Keane and he asked Neville how do you feel about being blanked and started roaring laughing and 
Keane was like, what did he say to you? And then Neville told Keane and Neville's response to Keane was, do you not think that's a bit sad that he cares what Gary Neville thinks? Why is he listening to us? So he was of a similar viewpoint yeah. to you. And it's good that Gary Neville thinks that about his being the main pundit on Yeah, to be fair, I think... <laughs> getting paid a lot of money to wonder why players are worried about what he's, he's saying. He's the most influential voice and a former teammate, so of course he's going to notice what you have to say. But he hasn't been... I feel like he's been very fair to Ronaldo. He's been very measured in what he's saying and ultimately came down on the, the idea that he shouldn't be in the team. But, you know, if this, if this idea that Ronaldo can't accept that, I don't know. I don't mm. know. Look, I suppose everybody takes things personally. Mm. Somebody says the Rugby World Cup starts the weekend in September that the Irish Open will be on. I think I can handle that, you know. The first week of pool matches in the Rugby World Cup, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to let anybody lose sleep. I think so. So, do you want to bring us any last story of note? I don't joke, because that was literally the end of the story. That's not it. <laughs> we don't usually get to the end. I know, we got to the end today. <laughs> Why we were too busy. I don't know. We were too busy cutting you off talking about the Charlton brothers. I think it's because we started a bit earlier. Often we waffle at the first... But you probably wrote less because he's in here talking away <laughs> all day as well, you know. I was doing a Kelly Harry interview. I was doing a rugby podcast. If we've missed big news. There's no big news to be missed, Joe. There's no big news. I've okay. got, you know, everything's trucking along here. We're fine. We're not okay. going to miss out and go. Okay. Quick check. Michael, Quick check. Thank you very much, Michael. When are you back in studio again on Newsround? Thursday because I'm presenting. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Who knows, Joe? <laughs> Who knows what lies in front of us? Okay. Life's a funny thing. Well, what a pleasure it was. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Richard McCormick. Thank back you to my much. little hovel. Yeah, back you go. So good we ended early. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what happens.